When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. La 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 
That should be good. Yes, guys, I'm sorry. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. We have sound, I believe. Someone confirm quickly. Um, welcome. It's been a shocking weekend for uh, for Cardiff City fans this weekend. Some uh, some news which I don't think many of us expected. Uh, so looking forward to hearing everybody's views. Um, and I'll give you my view, of course. Should be joined by someone else in a bit as well. Uh, they've been slightly delayed. But uh, I'm delighted to be back live on a Monday. It's been a while. Used to do them every week with Mr. Campbell. But, uh, you know, things changed. Got himself a job in coaching, etc. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what you guys have got to say about it. And also uh, talking about it in general. It's been a, it's been a weird one, i got to say. It was unexpected. And I know... Um, I'm going to put this. I know people within the club who still work there, were shocked, shall we say. Clearly an unexpected situation. Um, so I'll give you my view and then obviously like drop your opinion, uh, your opinions in the comments. And also if you've got any questions, generally drop them in the comments, get through as many as possible. Obviously when it's just me relying on you guys, dropping as many comments as possible and questions and stuff like that. Um, here's the thing for me. I've been saying, I've said the last couple of weeks on the show with Rodri Giggs, every Thursday, 7.30 or 8 o'clock, join us. We have a good old time. But um, I've said pretty much since the start of the season that this year, my expectation for Cardiff was basically win one, lose one, draw one, win one. It was never in a million years, this season was never going to be a consistent season. We've got a young squad by one or two players. A lot of them have not played that much first-team football. Also, when you bring in like 15 to 20 first-team players, it takes time for them to get used to playing together, to gel, all the rest of it. Yes, they're professionals and they should do a job, but it's football. It takes time to, to get the manager's ideas across, for the players to get used to each other, making the runs, etc., etc. So I always felt like, and I said to Rodri, this season... I felt like we weren't going to go down. We weren't really going to push for the playoffs unless something mad happened at the end of the season. It was just going to be a bit of a season of consolidation. And that's okay, because I actually felt like we were in a really good position to next year, next season, really push on, really push on and make a, a big run for it. Maybe bring in one or two players to strengthen in the summer who you know maybe will find that we need certain players over the season. But generally... Pretty happy with the squad, pretty happy with the players that have been brought in. Everything seemed in place. And also, the the board spent money on uh, the boy from uh, West Brom on deadline day. And they said they weren't going to spend money, basically, until or certainly in this transfer window. So they were obviously happy at that point with what Steve Morrison was doing, because otherwise they wouldn't have spent that money. So it's very, very strange. Uh, on that front. And then we had a really good first half performance against Middlesbrough in the midweek. I thought they were very, very good. Second half was always going to be tough. Middlesbrough at home, they're always going to come out of the blocks. They're always going to try and get a goal. And they got two very quick you know, goals, quick, close together. That's always going to add the pressure. Cardiff actually did a very good job of of holding out and and seeing the, you know, seeing the game out and, and keeping those three points. Once it went to 3-2... I think most of us probably got a bit nervous and a bit, oh, here we go again. 
but they held out. They did a good job. Obviously, Saturday was pretty appalling. It was not a good game. And, you know, there's one or two people I've seen on like my social media and stuff, people who either don't like... I've seen quite a few people who don't particularly like Steve Morrison, however, accepted that he was be rebuilding, he was doing something new for the club, he was changing the style of football. So that was important. So even though he might rub them up the wrong way a little bit, they were happy with what he was building. Then there's obviously a few others who just didn't like him, didn't like, didn't think that he should be the manager, okay? But I think the overall perception was that we would accept a season of consolidation this season because we don't have to watch the dreadful dross that was served up under Neil Harris and uh, Mick McCarthy going back further, like Russell Slade. You know, even Neil Warwick's time at times, some of the football was not good. Um, and look, Saturday was not a good performance. To me, this is only my opinion. This is nothing that I've been told by anyone, like obviously who I know or anything like that. But um, to me... Cardiff, Cardiff have got a thing, right? Whenever we have a manager and it's time for that manager to be sacked or that manager to leave, we always leave it too late. We always like let it drag on. You look at Mick McCarthy, should have been sacked probably four or five games before he was. Neil Harris should have gone ages before he was. We always drag it out. So if they did, if they sack in Steve, if they've sacked Steve Morrison for his results okay so say if they're not happy with the results and the league position if that's their reasoning then it makes no sense because on past performances past everything which that board has done they would have given him another five games or they would have at the very least given him until the world cup break and then maybe they make a decision at a push but for it to happen like this the only other time i can think of it is when um Marky Mackay was sacked, having never been in the relegation zone in the Premier League. He had a big follow, you know, a big support within the supporter base. And then it turned out that there had been things going on behind behind the scenes. Obviously, some very unpleasant text messages from uh, Moody and, and whatnot. There was obviously an underlying issue with that management team and the board, which came to light afterwards. But at the time, everyone couldn't understand why Marky Mackay had been sacked. Now, I'm not saying that something like that, you know, something as serious or as nasty as that has happened, but something must, to me, something must have happened simply for it to, you don't sign, what is it, 18 players or whatever in the transfer window, back the manager who's just steadied the ship, has changed the way that the team is going to play football. Everything has been changed. You don't back a manager with all those signings and spend money that you weren't planning to spend and then sack him because the results have been a bit up and down. It just doesn't make sense. Do I agree with everything which Steve Morrison has done selection-wise, substitutes, you know, tactics? No, I don't. Not, all, not at all. I think he's made a few mistakes. I think sometimes he... Um, has tried too hard to kind of rotate the selection a little bit and try and get some of the new signings in and instead of trying to get like a steady, steady sort of first 11 and, and it, there's a bit too much tinkering for my liking. I would have liked to have seen him establish a sort of first, first 11 and then 
build on that and then you know if people perform off the bench etc then then you can switch it up especially early in the season where the players are not as tired um i did just see someone in the comments said they looked absolutely knackered on saturday which is that is worrying yeah lee croft said saturday the players look knackered from the off so whoever arranged these two fixtures has contributed to the poor performance but saying that uh if robinson scores the pen we go on and win or get a point so we wouldn't be having this conversation and that's another thing right if Robinson scores that penalty and we draw or we win, do they still sack the manager? I don't know. I don't have an answer, but it's an interesting one because that's how small the margins are. And like, um, there's been times this season where some of the football we've played has been exceptional, particularly before Robinson came in. I thought a big part of our problem was that we played some great football, but we didn't quite have a cutting edge. We didn't have a finisher and we didn't have a bit of creativity in that final third. And actually in the first half against Middlesbrough, I thought Robinson provided a lot of that. He didn't score himself, but he had, you know, he, he had two assists. I thought he was, his movement was good. His positioning was good. And he linked up well with some of the other players. The big worry uh, as Reese says, is like watch us go and hire someone who plays long ball football, like a Pulis or a Dyche, someone of that ilk. That is, of course, that's the worry, isn't it? That they resort resort to type, and they go for someone just terrible, and someone like we all wanted to move, or at least everyone who I speak to and everyone who's on these shows is like. Everyone wanted to move away from these kind of old school managers who play a certain way and they play the percentages and blah, blah, blah. Everyone wanted to move in a different direction. Well, we did that. It wasn't quite working on the pitch, but it was getting there. And I think it was building towards like next year and it's a long-term product project. And one of the biggest criticisms that's been leveled at the board and the club over the last few years is we just... We don't seem to have a long-term plan. We don't seem to have a philosophy on the pitch. And we don't seem to have a long-term plan of where, what we want to do, where we want to go. But we finally had that and looked, thought we did. We looked like we had it. And then all of a sudden, it was just thrown out the window. You know, there might be, it might be that some stuff comes out and it was, you know, maybe they had no choice. Um, if you wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately... Do we think that this board in the last, what, no, five, six, seven years, have they given us enough that we believe in them enough to give them the benefit of the doubt? I'm not sure. I think, um, if I'm being honest, I just, I don't, I, I really don't. I feel like, um, it's time for a change from the top of the club down um, because this sort of decision, this is the sort of thing which Chelsea do. And look, Chelsea get away with it because Chelsea, every time they bring in a new manager, will give that manager, Abramovich used to give them like, you know, 150, 200 million. So every time you have a new manager, they get all that money to spend. Like what, first and foremost, what manager wants to come into a squad which has got 20 new players? Because straight away, the board is going to say, well, you've got 20 new players and the manager's like, yeah, but they're not my players. And then it's a big problem. I saw, so let's talk about some of the names that have been linked as well. Um, so I saw a few people shouting for Scott Parker. In my opinion, 
uh, I don't think that's a good fit for us. Only because, or not only because, but one of the reasons because Scott Parker is a money spender uh, as a manager. If you look at his where where he's been, um, he'll want big money to spend. The board haven't got it. I'm going to give it whatever you think. Um, so that's that's by the by. I don't think that's a realistic choice. Personally, I think they will try to get Nathan Jones from Luton because I think any uh, any kind of like so we've got to think is they know that at the moment they know this is not a post. They keep in touch with social media and things like this. They know that the overroaring feeling now is shock frustration from the fans people are annoyed they don't really get it so for me they're going to go for nathan jones they're going to go for a, a bellamy they're going to go for who else someone someone like that and then let's just keep those two at the moment there's a couple of problems nathan jones obviously his contract i think his contract's out in the summer so it won't be a great deal of uh, money spent in terms of compensation. However, my thing with Nathan, Nathan Jones is did a great job at Luton and then stepped up to Stoke and it went very badly wrong. However, you could say I think Stoke is a bit of a poison chalice because at that time they had all sorts of players who thought they were too good for the championship, probably had a bad attitude and probably had the attitude of who the fuck's Nathan Jones. Um, I like Nathan Jones. I like the way he goes about his business. He's a City fan. He's a Welshman. I think there's a lot of pluses. And I also think that if he got the opportunity to come and manage Cardiff City, as Nate, as Geraint says there, Nathan Jones would walk across broken glass from Luton to join Cardiff City. I believe that as well, especially because I don't think he's got very much left on his contract. So I think he's a good, good front runner. Um, makes a lot of sense from a lot of different angles. He can also, we're used to working on a budget as well, of course. Um, the other interesting thing is the Bellamy situation. Like, Bellamy left the club. If I was him, I would have no interest in working with this board after they didn't back him in that, whatever that situation was. They kind of... From the, at least from the outside looking in, it seems like they took the word of the the boy's parent. They didn't look into it very much. They suspended him. Didn't really do anything with it. Didn't investigate it or move it along to a, you know, to a conclusion. They kind of just left him hanging, and then he left. And I think he's probably happy working with Vincent Company. He's obviously just gone to Burnley. You you don't know. Um, because it would be a big opportunity for Craig Bellamy, but whether I don't know what their relationship is like between the certain members of the board and Craig Bellamy, I don't I have no idea what their relationship is like from the outside looking in. I don't think, and it's just my opinion. I've no like knowledge of anything about round it. I don't think that he'd um, be interested in come into work for that board uh jamie just says he said he believes nathan jones has just signed a new deal i didn't know that so that's interesting if he has signed a, a new deal 2027 no way cardiff will play the compensation for a five-year deal no way so if he has signed if that's correct because someone else just jay's just said that as well my mistake 
Nathan Jones is if he's got that much left on his contract, I find it unlikely unless he's got some sort of uh, written thing in his clause where he says that if Cardiff come in for him, he holds he's allowed to go. Like I've made, and then unless Luton allow him to go for you know, because he basically says it's my hometown club, blah 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 blah, and they 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 allow him to take the opportunity. Doesn't necessarily mean. In managers are slightly different to players, aren't they? In terms of how the contracts, how you can get out of them, but it would depend on Luton and how they would like to do it. Um, Lee Croft says, "I'm sure if Bellas wanted it, Vincent Company would let him come." Yeah, I think Vincent Company would allow him to, you know, if he wanted to. But as, like I say, from the outside looking in, I just don't think that Bellamy would um, be interested in working with this board now. But you just don't know. You don't know. It's all rumours and bits and pieces. Um, a good outside name for me, and actually I wanted him to be uh, selected as Cardiff manager a few years ago, was uh, Bielsa, uh, obviously ex-Leeds manager. I uh, don't know if he's anywhere at the moment. He's um, said he wants another crack of British football. I really liked him. I thought he did exceptionally in the, in the, in the championship with Leeds. Um, but again... I think Leeds gave him a few quid. I'd have to look into that, but I'm pretty sure he did spend a few quid. So I'm not sure. Like anyone who wants money, either to be paid lots or to have a big budget, they're going to be pissing in the wind, for lack of a better term. Um, Let's have a look at some of the comments, because I am interested. If you've got any questions, drop them in and I'll get to them. Uh, Reese said, uh, Mehmet Dalman said on here, after we hired Mick McCarthy, the reason he didn't want to hire someone young was it always fails. So he wanted some experience. I hope he isn't the one doing the hiring. Well, they've got that committee, haven't they? So it should be like a general consensus. But that that's my worry, is that they're going to revert to type. Um, Lee Croft says uh, losing Jamalu Collins was a massive blow. Yeah, I think um, that was a big blow. But again, if we score the penalty on Saturday... Does Steve Morrison get sacked? I am interested. Like, drop a yes or a no in the comments. Do you think Steve Morrison still gets sacked if we get a point or a win from Saturday's game? Um, Reese says, I wonder if the club thought they would be praised for the sacking. Looking at the reaction from us fans, I don't think we'll hear from anyone on the board again for a while. Um, what I can tell you is I sent Mehmet um, Dalman a text today and said, Invited him to come on, basically, and speak to the fans, speak to the people and whatnot. I'm not expecting a reply, I've got to be honest. Or certainly not for a, a while. Maybe in like three months' time, he might get back to me. But I, I wouldn't expect him to, just because I'm sure they've got a lot going on. And it's a very uh, difficult time, isn't it? It's like the equivalent of, I very much doubt I'd get Mark Hudson on now. But obviously, I was able to have him in the studio a couple of weeks back. So... That's kind of, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, GD Parry says, uh, our inability to score just puts more pressure on the midfield and defence. It's not a new thing with us either. Yeah. Uh, Reese says, personally, I want, personally for me, I want Bellamy. Rumours that him and the board don't get on anymore, so can't see it. Uh, Craig says, Nathan Jones applied before, didn't get it. Would he want it after that? That's a big question. But just because you weren't the right fit for the board then doesn't mean you're not the right fit for the board now. And also, I think it's worth sort of considering the fact that they sacked him like out of the blue 
maybe there's someone that no like we aren't considering and and there's someone that they've already spoken to or they've got lined up it's weird though because they put out uh, or there was a report today that basically said mark is going to be in charge for the time being they're not in a rush to appoint anyone they're going to get it right blah 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 all the usual shit um look here's my take on it i'm i'm embarrassed by the decision to sack him i gotta be honest as a fan I am genuinely embarrassed by it because I think we finally looked like we were building something long-term from on and off the pitch. And I just think unless, and and I caveat this with, unless something has happened behind the scenes, which you can't come back from, or he had to go, you know, he had to go. That's different. But if he has been sacked for results, then it is an absolute farce. It's a disgraceful decision. Whether you like Steve Morrison or you like his personality or his media conferences, whatever, by the by, he was doing the job that he's been brought in to do, which was to get rid of the high earners, get rid of the ones with the, the bad apples, steady the ship, make sure we didn't get relegated, steady the ship and improve the style of football, bring in a load of younger players on less wages, did that style of football was improving and then build for the next few seasons. Maybe this season was transition. Now I've seen a few people saying, well, I'm supporting the club now. I'm not interested in four years down the line, but you can't just build, like you can't just go from manager to manager and just expect success. I know that clubs like Chelsea do it, but we're not Chelsea. Um, You know, we need to be, when you want to change, over 80% of the squad, the playing squad, and the, the first 11, and you want to stay play, change the style of football, the way the training and the tactics and the behind-the-scenes things, you're changing nearly everything. It's not just going to be like an overnight thing, or we've changed all the coaches, we've changed all the players, right, let's go, we're going to be brilliant now. It doesn't work like that. Anybody who's played football at any level, from like a Sunday team, the kids team, to a professional level. Everybody knows that. It takes time to gel as a team, to build camaraderie, for players to get to know each other, the manager to get to know the players and what they respond to and what they don't. Like half of those players, some of them have openly said they signed because they bought into Steve Morrison's ethos and what he was building. How do they feel now? Like, I get it. They're professionals. They've got to do a job. They've got to just, it's part of football. I do get that side of it. But like, if you've say, and I don't know if this is the case, say Callum Robinson signed what a week, week or two ago. If he's signed because he wants to play for Steve Morrison, two weeks later, the manager's gone. Like, how does he feel? It's, it's mental to me absolutely mental i'm not i'm really unhappy with it i think it was a terrible decision um unless like i say something else comes out um just a little bit of housekeeping side note uh, i'm only going to be alive till about quarter two then uh, i've got to hop off because i've got a, an eight o'clock show tonight episode one of the a new series called the big debate uh on, on youtube stroke patreon for members and uh tonight we are debating uh, VAR, should it stay or should it go? And uh, we are also debating, was the world better 
or worse with or without social media. So it's going to be an interesting one. And um, that's at eight o'clock over on Patreon. So you still got time to sign up. It's only like price of a cup of coffee per month, and you get unbelievable amounts of content and shows and all sorts of stuff, early access to podcasts, all that good stuff. And of course, you keep the channel going, patreon.com slash podcast nation. Um, so let's have a look uh, at some of these other comments. Uh, Lee Croft says, people saying Jones wouldn't come here. I think he'd jump at the opportunity side, but he'd have to resign. Yeah, I think he'd have to force it. And then it comes down to how Luton view it. If they were, you know, not that they want to do him a favour, but if they, if he's got a good relationship with them, maybe they'll be, you know, hometown club, blah, blah, blah. It's this dream job. They maybe they'll be all right with it. But either way, if he's got a contract to 2027, Cardiff will have to pay a decent sum. But they should have thought about that before they sacked their manager, I guess. Um, Ian Curtis says it. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. The pitchforks will be out now. If he doesn't win 10 games on the spin, that's how delusional fans have, be- uh, have become. It's irrelevant of what's been spent or the turnover at the club. Ian, I I kind of agree with that. Like some of the comments I've seen about Steve Morrison over the, the last couple of weeks really blew my mind on social media. Like I couldn't believe that there was people who were like calling for his head and stuff. I really was shocked by it because of... Like I've all the things I've just discussed, like the the turnover of players, the 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 lack of money he spent getting rid of all the bad apples, the big names, the, just the everything changing, and then people are surprised when there's an this inconsistency. That's what you get with a young squad. That's what you get with new players. You know, you get that with a, like if you've got three new players or four new players in a starting eleven, let alone when the majority of the starting eleven is new. Um. Reese says, you can take out the fact he's a Cardiff boy. We could offer him more money than Luton. I have a bigger fan base, better facility, stadium, probably a bigger budget and more of an attraction than Luton. Why wouldn't he say yes other than working with the board? Well, Reese, I would counter that with, with this. right? If you take out the fact that he's a Cardiff boy, a Cardiff fan, Welshman, whatever. right? So if you take that out of it, you could look at it like this. Did he get his fingers burned? When he left Luton last time and went to Stoke for the bigger opportunity, the big, you know, the big chance, a uh, big job, and it really went badly for him, really badly. And then he went straight back to Luton, straight in, and did a good job again. So he's clearly got something about him. He's clearly a decent manager. He likes to play football a certain way. Do you blame those players at Stoke solely? Was it a bit of everything? Was it the situation? Sometimes it's just not the right fit. But will that have? giving him a bit of a subconscious like warning would he be like oh, i don't know maybe it's not maybe i'm better at staying at lewin i don't know um i think stoke still is to a certain extent it's better than it was it's a bit of a poison chalice like i said before i think um it's just full of egos and and bad attitude unfortunately um Yes, it's uh, it's an interesting. Rob Boyle says Thomas Tuchel is available. There we go. Um, Garen says well documented. Well documented. Apparently, the uh, Bellamy won't join us while this board's in charge. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Jamie says almost likely he'd have to force it through. Yeah, I think um, Nathan Jones would definitely have to force it. Can't uh, can't, can't con- contracts for managers don't mean anything. Yeah, I don't think they mean a great deal. Um, 
I haven't seen, like Lee says, um, all the message board rumors. I'm sure if he was offered it, he'd take it. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I haven't, like, I haven't heard Craig Bellamy say, I won't work for this board. It's all message boards and rumors on the internet. So you don't know. And that's why I was very careful with what I said in that, you know, I don't know for definite or that that's what he feels like. But I wouldn't be surprised by it because they left him hanging um, to the point where he just quit and went and got a job somewhere else because he was just waiting. They weren't doing anything with it. They didn't back him. They didn't sack him. They just left him hanging. Uh, Rob Boyle says, Gareth Bale to join as player manager after the World Cup. Oof, rough. Look, Gareth, Gareth Bale had his chance to join Cardiff. Um, when we had Mehmet Dalman exclusively on the show, he said he'd spoken to his agent. They thought they, thought they had him. And something changed in the days before he signed for LA. If I was guessing, I'd say his agent probably got in his ear and said, you know, let's go to LA and get more money and this and that. But, uh, you know, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. His last, last proper contract, of course, go and work in LA. Why not? It works out well for the World Cup. But I wouldn't be surprised to see, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Gareth Bale come on loan before this. Uh, after the World Cup or whenever the MLS season's on a break, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him come over for a little loan spell to Cardiff. Now, I'm not so sure because, I don't know, if he was looking at this, I'm sure he'd thinking, what the hell is going on at the football club? Uh, Reese David Evans said, I'd wait a few weeks. Cooper will be sacked by Forrest and then get him in. Build that philosophy. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's why... Um, they're going to be leave Mark Hudson in charge because they've got someone in mind who they think is going to be out of work soon or available soon. I, I don't know. Um, also, I think it's worth noting that Mark Hudson has twice done, which I talked to him about it in detail previously, um, twice done the caretaker job at Huddersfield, and he did an excellent job as a, as a the caretaker manager. So maybe they'll fancy giving it to him. Do I think he's ready? I'm not entirely sure don't think he'd be the worst choice but i don't think he'd be the best choice i also think one thing to bear in mind i think is that the the board are going to be very selective careful over who they try and appoint because they don't want the i think i can't remember who said it but like fans the fans are going to turn very quickly if they especially if they're not happy with the choice so like when neil harris came in people weren't really happy but they backed him so if you bring someone like that in who's really like a bit of a like 50 50 split in the fan base where a lot of people don't want him and he gets off to a nightmare start the pressure is going to be unreal now i don't think the fans would turn up mark hudson like that but i also think that he wouldn't be people's first choice selection to take over so if he did get off to a bad start the pressure would still be there but i don't think it would be as toxic as if it was someone who the you know who the who the board think is the right choice because uh, let's be honest they um yeah uh christopher paul barnett says cooper no chance um jay ula says carlos uh Corb Corbarian, uh has just been sacked by olympiacos 
Uh, Lee Croft says uh, not with Tate as his assistant, though. Yeah, that's the that's a, a complicated one. Who was um there was someone earlier uh, who um, Chris Barker's brother is his assistant. I'm just going to find out who said that. Someone said it earlier. Um, but yeah, there's there's managers that look Mark. The, I think it might have been the Rotherham manager who was mentioned, who said that Richie Barker's his assistant. He's been doing a good job with Rotherham, got back-to-back promotions and plays good football. So there's obviously uh, a few things. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who they go with. Um, let's have a look at some of these comments. do 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 do, do. Did a Sam Hill the game changes on that penalty miss? We should have had a second penalty. Of also, it does change. It, it, I think that that penalty could make a huge difference. But do you think, um, Sam, do you think if we'd scored that penalty, if we'd won the game, if we'd got a draw from that game on Saturday, do you think they still sacked Steve Morrison yesterday? I'm really interested in what people think by that. Um, Ian says uh, Bielsa wouldn't come for £2 in January transfer window and working with what he's got here, he'd want a, his own stamp. He'd want to just get rid of a load of players. Why let Morrison carry on for nine league games baffles me and then just let him bring in a completely new squad only to sack him. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, it's, it's mind-boggling, mind-boggling that you would, you would sign that many new players for a manager and then just just get rid of the manager. It makes no sense. And like you also run the risk of like all those players now, all I'm not saying that this is the case because I don't know what's happened, but all those players who he's brought in, so what, 18, 19 or whatever it is, they could all be like tamping. They could all be furious. They could all be like like a really bad atmosphere in that squad now, which could, whereas I said towards the start of the show, I felt like um, we were never in danger of going down this year. And I don't think we're going to go up either. We're just going to finish like top 10, but I felt like we were building for next year. That doesn't mean that we can't have a bad run now with, if morale gets bad or there's a bit of a split in the dressing room caused by this, whatever it may be like, if this causes any issues within the squad, we can go down because there's such a long way to go in this championship season. And the championship, as we've discussed so many times before, is bananas. Like any team can beat any team. You can go on a four or five game winning run and you can be up in the playoffs, but you can also go on a four or five game losing run and be in the relegation zone. Like we worked out on last week's show with Rodri on Thursday that, um, if Swansea was to win like four of their four or five games in a row, they'd probably be up in the playoffs, but they were in the third relegation spot on before this weekend. So it is, it's a problem. Um, and I think it needs, the club has got to deal with this quickly and sharply. Um, they need to, first and foremost, they need to go and speak to the players and the staff, because I know for a fact that there's uh, people within that setup, staff, players, club, whatever, that they haven't got a clue what's going on. They don't know why the manager's been sacked and they don't understand it. They're shocked, they're worried, etc. All of those things. So they need to speak to the playing staff, they need to speak to the coaching staff, they need to speak to everyone who's involved 
in the day-to-day running of the playing squad. They all need to get them in and spit and communicate with them. After that, I would my suggestion to the club would be to communicate with the fans because they haven't done that very well. Um, which is why I, I always try and you know I try and get um, Mehmet Dalman on like once a year. I try and get him on more than once a year, but he comes on. You know, he's come on the last three years in a row now, and I'm very, I know I'm lucky to do that. It's just so happens that I uh, had the, you know the, the contacts to do it and whatnot and. I'm fortunate, but I also realised that fans are frustrated by the lack of communication from a football club. It goes dark. It's almost like once a year, Mehmet Dalman does a live show and then that's it. You don't hear anything from him for the rest, for the whole year. It's not good enough. Like You've got to communicate better with your fan base. Instead of seeing them as customers, see them as fans and, and people who care about the club. And like, you know, I know Mehmet Dalman is not everyone's cup of tea, um, I know, like Garen says, he doesn't trust him there. And I know there's a few of you guys who, who like, they're not, you know, uh, massive fans of him and stuff like that. Um, obviously, I've really got a bad word to say about him personally. Like, I think um, everything, like, he's been really fantastic to me. He's been lovely to deal with. Nice guy. The rest of it, like, I couldn't speak highly enough of him. Um, but as a fan of the football club, I'm not happy with the board with the whole setup of it. And I think it's time for a change. I think it's a time for a change in owners. And then the new owner can decide what he wants to do with the rest of the board and stuff like that. Um, so I understand it. Um, so Anis, apparently, uh, GD Parry just said, Anis mentioned Mark Hughes uh, yesterday. And um, I think that stemmed from um, Darren Whitcock who I think that's how you pronounce his name. He, um, I follow him on Twitter. I think he works for the Mirror or the Mail or something. Um, he seems to have big links with Cardiff and uh, within the club. He mentioned Mark Hughes, but what he actually said was to sort of clarify it. He didn't say Mark Hughes is linked now. He said when Mick McCarthy was appointed, Mark Hughes was heavily considered or when Mark, Mick McCarthy left, it might have been, I forget which way. Um, I think Mick, Mark Hughes would be a terrible choice. Um, Christopher Barnett says, uh, Big Sam, lol. Uh, yeah, but you joke about that, Christopher. Would you be surprised if you saw a Kenneth Cho or Mehmet Dalman or someone smiling tomorrow on social media, shaking hands with Sam Allardyce? No, you would not. In fact, the only reason I'd be surprised is because of how much Sam Allardyce demands in fees and wages and stuff. Um, Ian says, God. We've got uh, got to be something that's happened behind the scenes because we let him. Why let him carry on just for nine games? Yeah, look, it doesn't make sense. Something has got to have happened. I can't think what. I got to be honest. Like, there's nothing which like. So, Steve Morrison's, I think it's fair to say, is quite prickly, particularly in his um, in his like his post post match interviews. He can be very very prickly, and I know that there was some within the sort of higher ups of the club who weren't massively happy with that because they felt like that was part of his job description is to kind of deal with the media and, and, you know, answer questions about the game. Even if you're frustrated about the result, it's your job to go out there and be asked about things that have happened in the game, player performances. Why didn't you pick this player? Why didn't you pick that player? That's part of your job description. So you have got to be able to deal with that 
even when you're frustrated. And I think sometimes he'd get a question and his response would just be no. And then it's just silence. And then you put in one, you come across like a bit of a dickhead. And two, you're putting pressure on that journalist who's asked that question because they're like, they they look silly. So they're then trying to, I don't it's, it's weird. But so I think I don't, I heard, I had heard that some people were within the club were not particularly impressed with the way he was dealing with media, shall we say. But I don't think that's a reason to sack him either. So I don't think that could be it. Um, Jamie says, uh, I do wonder these connections that Steve Morrison said we made, his, recru- his recruitment, PowerPoints, etc. Will his sacking have a detrimental effect on future dealings, etc.? Yeah. The other thing as well, um, Jamie, is this. I haven't spoken with Mark Hudson and spoken with Darren Pearce, you know, both guys who have been brought in since Steve Morrison came to the club to work with the 23s and the coaching of the first team is it was very clear when speaking to them that it's a massive t- every sign in every single player was a massive team effort of how they look into the players, how they look into the players' family and background and what their personalities are like. Like it was very, very detailed and how they would then help the players settle into the club and all the rest, you know, everything which you can think of, they seem to cover like massive amount of detail so that in itself like when you take out the sort of the person at the head of that who's in charge of all that like where does that leave all those people who were brought in to work with him you know i know like we said mark hudson's in charge now and stuff like that but it's just such a weird one um lee croft says um oh sorry jack taylor says worst to say decision cardiff have made with uh, with time, he would have produced a good card of side. I absolutely 100% would agree with that, Jack, is that I'd seen enough on the pitch that if they'd stuck with Steve Morrison, I felt like, and like I said at the start of the show and I said for the last few weeks on the football show, is Cardiff weren't going to do anything this year. They weren't going to go down. They weren't going to go up. But next year, I really fancied us to have a good, good push to go up. And I fancied us because all these players would have played together for a year. All these younger players would have played another season of first team football. People like Mark Harris and Isaac Davis will be back. And all these, like all these young players will have played another thing. And I just, it's shocking. Really, really frustrating. And I just, I, part of me hopes, and it's, you know, it's stupid, but like part of me hopes that something has happened that it's unavoidable, like they had to sack him. I hope that, I almost hope that's the case because then that's not as embarrassing and as shocking for, for me as a fan because then I can be like, well, you know, they didn't have a choice. They had to sack him. But at the moment, as it stands, because of the lack of communication again, it's like, yeah, they want to tell you. If it's based on football results, it's one of the worst decisions they've made in their time at the club. Rob Boyle says, give it to Giggsy till the end of the season. Rodri, that is damn straight, mate. Rodri Giggs do a better job than Mick McCarthy, I tell you that much. Um, Jay Ula says, uh, everything you say about giving a manager time is right, but if you've picked the wrong guy in the first place, you have to take action. 100% agree with that, Jay. But if that's the case, why did they then, why did they back him by signing 20 odd players? Like, it's just that's what doesn't add up to me. 
what are you saying that they've only just realized that they made that wrong decision because if they've thought in the last two weeks all of a sudden he's not the man for the job which all right that could happen but you don't make that knee-jerk decision over like a, a week or two week period you'd give it till give it till november was it like another there's an international break now in there for two weeks and then you give it four weeks till november you're not going to go down in that time uh, give it till the world cups break and then see where you are it just feels very knee-jerk reaction but i do agree with you if they if they think for whatever reason that it's the wrong that he's not the right man then yeah you've got to get rid of him um so uh, I am going to wrap up in a minute. I'm going to give you guys a little extra few minutes. I'm just texting Reese to say that um, we're going to we're going to push back the the Patreon show a few minutes. Um, give me a sec. Hey, we'll push it back because uh, I want to get through as many of these questions and comments as we can. Um, let's have a look. Um, who was I on? Do 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 do. I was on uh, Jay, wasn't it? Or Ian? I've lost my place with the comments. What was the last comment I read out? Oh, it was someone who said um, about the... Oh, it was Jay who said, if you've picked the wrong man, you make the choice. Yeah, I agree with that. If you, I do agree with that. If you, for whatever reason, think you've got the wrong man, you've got to take action. But maybe they should have taken action before now. Owen says, I think something's happened behind the scenes. It doesn't look like a football decision. Can't see Morrison going quietly, though. So the reason will come out soon. Yeah, I've been trying to get Morrison on a show for the like the last couple of weeks. Don't think that's going to happen now. But um, I'm going to keep trying. Because if... Maybe I can get a bit of an exclusive and get him on. And maybe he can tell me why he was sacked. But I don't think it'll happen, I've got to be honest. I am going to keep trying, though, of course. GD Parry says... Uh, he peaked with Wales, and that was his first job. He's just a carousel manager now. If we hadn't been duped by the Ruskies and their officials in the 2003 playoffs, then who knows? Um, I think you're talking about Mark Hughes there, mate. Uh, Christopher uh, Barnett says, financial reason for changing most of the team. They uh, they all say we want to play as most of club rejects. Yeah, I think there was, there was like a thing, wasn't there? Like... Um, it's like there were certain players on loads of money who had to go. There were certain players who weren't good enough who had to go. And there were certain players who were kind of bad apples who had to go. And a lot of them were on big wages. So there was financial reasons for bringing all these players in and, and whatnot. There, of course, there was. They had to bring. They wouldn't have had enough players to play if they hadn't brought in a large number of players in the summer. But equally, you don't just bring anyone in. Like, it does seem very... Like all the players they've brought in, there's been very specific positions and and type of player. They're all very they're all young and technically very good. So it's very clear that Steve Morrison had a plan in what he wanted to do. Um, it's interesting. It's really interesting, and I'm sure something will come up. Something will happen. Something will come out in the next week. Something will come out, um, and hopefully it's concrete and not rumors because rumors bore me. Uh, I think they do more damage than good. I'd rather have some concrete quotes and information from people who can be trusted. Um, 
Let's have a look. Uh, Lee says you'll have to try and get Mara on exclusive on you. Well, I've been trying to work on that and uh, and the Kenneth Chill one for uh, the last few weeks, and I'm still trying. And um, we'll just have to see. Uh, mate, don't remind me of that Russia game when he played Ernie up front on his own, and then he played him out on the wing. And oh, makes me feel sick every time I think of it. Um, Craig says Nathan Jones now has a five-year contract. Cardiff for on their fourth manager in 18 months. Would you leave for that? And that was my point, Craig, was um, he's had his fingers burnt a stoke big time. So if he's looking at Cardiff on their fourth manager in 18 months, why would why would he leave? Yes. But then on the other hand, I look at it from my point of view as a, as a Cardiff boy. If my hometown club came calling, then I would come... I'd come get him. I would come straight away because it's my club, it's my team. And that's how Nathan Jones, I would imagine, how Nathan Jones feels. I don't know. Uh, Miles Besson says, Sacking Sean Morrison just shows that the club has learned nothing. Bang on, mate. Cannot agree with that more. Um, GD Parry, we run the risk of becoming another Watford. You cannot keep chopping and changing. Yeah, you need stability and you need to build over a couple of seasons, unless you've got a shed load of money to spend. We don't, so we have to build season upon season. And that's why Sean Morrison looked to be doing a good job, in my opinion, was because he the, the style of play on the pitch was improving. All right, the results were up and down. The players he brought in are technically excellent, or very good at least. And... We've got a goal scorer in right at the end of the window who's, who's barely played. Like, you know, he's only played a couple of games. Like, give him some time. He's already made a difference up front. So, just doesn't make sense. Uh, Ian Curtis says, Gareth Bale went for money, nothing more. Darman uh, said more or less that as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it is what it is. Um, as I said, I got the impression that his agent got in his ear a couple of days before he was due to sign with Cardiff. You never know like how, how true and how close these things are, of course. Right, I'm going to be wrapping up in a minute. I was looking, I was going to say, it's Donna in, because I know Donna was someone who didn't really fancy Steve Morrison. So I'm kind of interested in who she thinks should take over and what's next for the club. Because i got to say, as a fan, I feel pretty low and dejected about the whole situation. Um, I, as I said earlier, I feel embarrassed by it. It's just, they just never learn their mistakes. Maybe saying that, right? What did I say? I said, how many times do we drag it out with managers where they should have been sacked five, six weeks before they were? Maybe in the eyes of the board and the owner, they think that in five or six weeks, we're going to be in real trouble if we stick with Steve Morrison. So they've decided to get ahead of the book. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because we had such a good performance in the first half against Borough. Borough away is a very difficult place to go. And we outplayed him in the first half completely. And then second half, two quick goals, put us under pressure. But we held out. And and then we followed it up with a... a and the other thing, like we were dreadful on Saturday, but we also had like a, a huge long trip to Middlesbrough on Tuesday. Then another pretty long trip up to Hull on Saturday. So there was a lot of travelling for the players, which might account for them looking so bloody lethargic and tired. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. It's um, Ian Curtis says, uh, I'd like uh, Cooper here, but again, they won't be bringing in 10 new players to suit what they want. They'll have to work with what we've got. And this is the problem. Who wants to come in and work with players who already like have been signed? So I don't know. It's weird. Um, Mark Hudson, the more I think about it, leaving Mark Hudson in charge till the World Cup makes sense because he was part of the recruitment process for all these players. He probably would have spoken to some of these players when they were coming into the club and involved in their sign-ins. So maybe having him on board is a good shot. I don't know. Um, so I was hoping Cullen from Central Club was going to join me, but he was, he's been delayed and uh, we're going to be wrapping up now. So, uh, unfortunately, we're going to miss him. Uh, Ethan Escott, Escott says, um, bored out. Morrison was building something good and they threw it away. Yeah, I agree with that. Lee Barrett, oi, oi. My son, you're right. Um, rather a manager, Warren. That was the one. Thank you, Lee. Um, yeah, Lee Cross just reminded me. So, the, the rather a manager, um, Paul Warren, I think his name is, um, back-to-back promotions, plays a very good style of football and also um, has got a good reputation for man-to-man management, working on a budget, all the rest of it, things that Cardiff. But, yeah, I think um, getting, Ryan says, getting spanked 4-0 at home against them locked down in the West was enough to get sacked by yourself. But then you do that when that happens. If, if that's going to be the reason, which, you know, I accept that's not good enough. And if you, I, if someone gets sacked after a result like that, you got to just take it on the chin. But you do it at the time. You don't do it nine games into the new season after you've just brought in nearly 20 players. Um, <clears throat> fans turn quicker than Usain Bolt. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Um, we had to sign 15 players, Craig, you're right, to replace the ones which are out of contract. But they, as I said, they were very specific players, which seemed like the players which Morrison wanted. Um, so Chris uh, Barnett says, Sol Bambo would grab a chance in management, no problem, and I'm sure the players would react to a City legend. Mm. See, that's an intro. I saw someone else suggest this earlier. I just think that's a massive gamble. And I'm not sure if that's the way to go. The other thing is with Sol Bamba um, is, I don't know, it's an, it's an interesting one. Do you gamble on that, um, on him being the guy, right guy to build something with no experience in management and stuff like that? An outside name for me, a good name would be Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Um, I think he's a shout as an outsider. Um got history with the club, done very well at management so far, obviously at a lower league. So because he's in the lower league, we're used to working with a budget, probably wouldn't want to bring too many players in of his own. The championship this year is going to be the closest ever, in my opinion. I think it's going to be so close. And Cardiff, I thought, was set up really well to, to build for the next couple of seasons, and they've got in their own way again. Um, just one of them things. Ethan says, don't let him sign 17 players when we ain't given the team time to gel. Um, we were never going to be consistent. It's going to take time. 
it was promising, but now it's only going to be going backwards with no plan. Morrison was uh, the best at this moment. Good style football and a good future, but now what? Yeah, and that's it. Now what? Because they've got to get this decision right. And that's why I think they'll push the boat out for Nathan Jones, because in my opinion, the only manager who quiets, quiets the discontent for the fans is Nathan Jones because he ticks all the boxes. He plays good football. He can work on a budget for the football from their side of it, but he's Welsh. He's a Cardiff fan. He's going to be passionate and he's going to give the fist pumps and he's going to do all the rest of it. So I think he's the only option where the fans are 100% universally happy. I think everybody else, some fans won't be happy. Just, just my opinion though. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you, Owen. I really don't want Mark Hughes at Cardiff City. I don't want him anywhere near it. Um, yeah, if he hadn't signed 17 players or whatever, we wouldn't have a team to play. Uh, right, guys, um, as ever, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I might be uh, bringing, bringing back this type of show uh, on, a, on a Wednesday soon. Not sure yet what it's going to be it might be a facebook exclusive exclusive show um just talking about the championship or it might be something else not 100 percent sure um for those of you who are members go to patreon click on the link and uh we'll be back in about 10 15 minutes for the great the big debate we're debating var and social media for episode one it's going to be an absolute belter i appreciate you all please guys subscribe to the youtube channel Please do subscribe to the Patreon. It's like a couple of quid a month. It's You get all this great stuff like discounts on merch and tickets and all the rest of it. But also, it keeps the channel going, keeps us building, keeps us going. And, um, yeah, maybe uh, if we get like a few, a few new members by the end of this week, say if I get five new members by the end of this week, I will bring back this type of show permanently but um until then see you guys on patreon patreon.com slash ace podcast nation if you want to sign up and join us for the big debate 8 15 start tonight until then enjoy this amazing tune which we've all missed take care god bless this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want.
Smartcast Network.